Welcome to episode 18 of the Healthionomics podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kennedy, coming at you from Toronto, Ontario. Thanks again, as always, for listening. This is lesson number two of my Get Started Running series. Be sure to sign up if you want to join my five-part email course to help you get started and discover the enjoyment of running. Head over to healthionomics.com 18 to sign up. In this lesson or podcast, I chat with Greg Lehman. Greg is a physiotherapist, chiropractor, strength and conditioning specialist, spine and exercise biomechanics expert. In the clinic, Greg focuses on running injury mechanics, sport injuries, persistent pain problems, and post-surgical rehabilitation. Greg completed his Master of Science in Kinesiology from the University of Waterloo under the supervision of Dr. Stuart McGill. In this podcast, you'll learn why strength training is just as important for beginners as it is for elite runners, the types of strength training exercises new runners should be focusing on, is stretching beneficial, and if so, when's the best time to stretch, what you can do to improve your running form with some specific drills to practice, how to distinguish between good pain and bad pain, the most common injuries Greg sees in new runners and the best practices to help you avoid injury, and Greg's general tips for new runners to help stay motivated and injury-free. Let's go chat with Greg. Welcome to the Healthy Nomics Podcast. Boosting your health and fitness IQ, one episode at a time. And now your host, Mark Kennedy. Okay, hi there, Greg. Thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, you're welcome. Good to be here. Good. Um, so tonight I wanted to focus um, a bit on um, new runners and uh, things that new runners should should think about and focus on um, for, for getting started. Um, so I want to talk about, I guess, first off, let's just talk about strength training. Um, I know strength training has really helped me uh, become a better runner, uh, a stronger runner, a more uh, efficient runner, and also uh, a bit more... Um, bulletproof uh, if you will um so i just want to get your thoughts on you know is, is strength training really important especially for new runners is it important for them as it is for for elite runners and um yeah let's just start there oh absolutely um it's it's just as, as important for the elite i mean the most important thing of course is just to run and then slowly build up as much as you can but if you're going to do anything that's secondary to running then it should be strength training. Okay, and uh, what what type of strength strength training are we talking here for for new runners? What are some some exercises that they should focus in on? So, um, I I believe everything the um, the core gets pumped up a little bit too much. You know, if you open up Runner's World or Running Times or any internet, everyone loves to talk about the core, but the the basics of just squats and lunges and one leg squats and uh, uh, leg swings, you know, those should be the fundamentals. And then you start adding or deadlifts and you start adding little extra core exercises on top of that, like planks and, and bridges. But really, really just basics. You can't go wrong with, you know, five exercises in one session where it's just 20 to 30 minutes and you try to just get stronger. Um, at its simplest, if you look at what you're missing in your program, so running, you're just running slowly and you're doing some speed work and you're building up. And so you're not really working the strength component of the muscles and they need that too. So you got to train heavy in the gym or build slowly to train heavy in the gym is the idea. Okay. And then should, should the runners be doing these weights or heavy weights 
on the same days as they run or off days or uh, what do you suggest there? So probably not before a running workout. It can interfere with your in- endurance gains. And you don't want to get too tired, especially if you're a beginner runner and you're getting started. So it's really safest to do it. You know, if you have an, a really easy run in the morning, you could maybe do in the evening uh, or you have an easy run. You do, you work, you do a strength training workout the day before an easy run. And if you're starting running, most of your run should be easy anyway. <laughs> so, so that should be easy to fit in. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's great. Um, yeah, I know like for, for myself, um, I've found actually deadlifts and it took me a while to get sort of my form to a, a point where it was probably, you know, not, not only safe, but um, working the, the, the correct muscles it should be. Um, but really helped. Uh, I always had, I had a history of hamstring problems. Um, and as soon as I sort of got to the point where I could lift, a, you know, relatively heavy for me, a heavy deadlift, it, that seemed to really uh, negate any sort of hamstring issues. I think just primarily because I think I just got stronger, um, you know, all around. Does that make sense? Or Oh, absolutely. And we're just publishing a paper on this now where we're arguing that strength training even if especially with a deadlift where you do it through a full range of motion is even better for flexibility training than just straight up static stretching so that that when you every time you have a muscle that feels tight or like it's holding on uh strength training is often the the best thing you can do for it so so any minimal aches and pains the best thing is to train it it's almost like you're you are strengthening for sure but there's some way where you use it and use it a lot and then it's like you teach the brain that, you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm strong. I can handle this and it'll relax. And then that pain will eventually go away. Interesting. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's, let's talk a bit about stretching then. I know that's a hot topic as well. As you said, um, you know, the, the media pumps up the core. Um, right now it seems to be the trend is that uh, people shouldn't be static stretching uh, before exercising or, or going on a run and maybe perhaps doing a, a dynamic workout, but, um, you know, where can you, can you shed some light onto that for us? So t- 10 years ago, I, I was one of those guys saying stop stretching all the time, maybe 15 years ago. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't like to stretch. So you, I went and found research to confirm my bias <laughs> but, <laughs> and there was a lot that was, so that in the late nineties, we had a lot of research saying, don't bother to stretch. So it's, it's nothing new to say this. It's just popular now. But then as the research has come in and this is what our review was just on it if if you stretch for less than 45 seconds like holding holding it in total for 45 seconds you you don't really lose that much strength or power and 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 you don't even lose a lot to begin with it these these are negligible amounts of of a loss in strength and power after stretching we're talking like two to eight percent and as for stretching before you run it's the same thing like the the research is very mixed um, so some people will lose a little bit of endurance, but a lot of people don't change anything at all. So I'm a bit more agnostic now and like live and let live. So if, if you love stretching and it's something you've always liked to do before you exercise, you can probably go ahead and keep doing it and you're not really going to lose a lot of performance. Um, but on the other hand, if someone's telling you, you need to stretch all the time and you're not going to be a good runner because you don't stretch, well, you don't need to listen to them either. Okay. <laughs> you can, you can get away with just a good warm up. 
and you start, and if you want, you could stretch after, but even that, you don't, don't need to either, surprisingly. Hmm. Interesting. Now, what about uh, when, if someone does, you know, as you say, they enjoy the static stretching, um, should they be doing it after they've uh, warmed up the muscles a little bit? Uh, yeah, absolutely. But believe it or not, like, I mean, I taught, well, I used to teach gymnastics and that's what we can't stretch a cold muscle, but I think there's even a little, a little bit of research you actually can, and it's not really going to hurt you if you're just gently holding a stretch. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are a few famous strength coaches in the States where surprisingly he has all of his elite athletes stretch cold. They don't even warm up. Wow. Uh, there's not a, a lot of research on that. The whole the whole point is it probably doesn't doesn't matter uh, uh, either way. I mean, the, the means that stretching makes people flexible have little to do with how warm the muscle is. It's it we the biggest thing that we think is that you're training the brain when you're stretching, mm-hmm. where the brain says, "Okay, I'm going to let you go a little bit farther," rather than making really big changes in what the muscle is made of, which is a bit of a surprise to most people. Yeah, no, interesting. Um, I always found that as well. Like to some extent, you know, before I go for a run, I do, I do like to stretch a little bit just cause I don't know. I just, part of it's mental. I think for me, it just kind of puts me in that, I guess, cause, cause I was used to it as, you know, growing up in sports, playing sports as a kid, that's what you did. So for me, it's kind of a mindset thing. Like it gets me, me ready to, to do activity from a mental standpoint. Oh yeah. That, that, that makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's probably at, at the worst, there's a tiny, tiny percentage loss and who cares when in a training program, like it doesn't matter if you lose a little bit on a run, like a, in a training run, it's, it's the same reason why you can, you can run without eating all day. I mean, you're not gonna run your best, but it's probably a good thing as part of your training. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, if you like it, I, I don't tell anyone to change anymore if, if that works for them. Yeah. The body's I, a lot smarter than we, we give it credit. Yeah, exactly. Um, now let's uh, just shifting gears a bit. Let's talk a little bit about running form. Um, and again, there's a lot, you know, people talking about form and especially as this minimalism trend has sort of come and I don't know, it seems like it's, it's going away a little bit, but a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's still there, but, um, the uh, there's a lot of talk about running form so uh, does running form actually matter or should should you just run how what feels natural you know provided you guess you've got uh, adequate range of motion yeah probably both um i think a lot of people will figure it out on their own the more they run Mm -hmm. and that does seem to be the research too there's only a couple studies on that uh, where their their gait will change over time and they'll they'll naturally learn to be more efficient. Where the problem with with that might be is if you do wear a, a bigger, bulkier shoe, you'll you'll find a way to run that's more efficient because you'll be able to do like a big heel strike when you run and it'll feel okay because you have a big big bulky shoe on. But that might be like we have a little bit of data showing that that big stride, that you can do with big shoes on because it doesn't hurt, maybe a bit related to future injuries. It's certainly correlated, like the type of impact that goes up through the leg. It's certainly a bit correlated with some injuries. It's You're not doomed, that's for sure. That's what's amazing about the body. There's people, if you just run slowly over time and progress your training, you can have a massive heel strike and not have any issues. But then there's a subset of people. So 
I, I think it's a bit a bit safer for, um, to, to watch like the glaringly um, uh, bigger flaws that we look for. The, and the biggest one is an overstride with a big heel strike. Mm-hmm. And then g- general running form, as you say, I mean, I think it's something your body just tends to figure out the more you run um, what feels natural and, and efficient to, to you. Yeah, for sure. I, I I think people can get help with a couple cues. Like, uh, what I try to teach is sort of a, a, a actually a springy, bouncy stride, because mm-hmm. which surprises people. People will say, "Oh, you can't be bouncing; you're wasting energy." But bouncing is unless they're unless you're like leaping and frolicking through the air, that's different than a springy stride. Like a springy, and there is a little bit of data that a bouncier runner, like where you go up and down more, is actually more efficient. And the argument there is that you're running, your legs are like springs. Like if you ever watch a kangaroo, like they're kind of beautiful. They're so efficient, and they but they're hopping and they're springing. Yeah. And you see that in really elite runners, but not just when they're running fast. When they're running slow, there's like this crisp sharpness and a pop to their their stride. So I think there's something we can do to, to actually facilitate that initially when we're running and usually that's a quicker step where you're almost pushing into the ground and you kind of pop off of it and that'll take care of the overstride as well hmm. is there any particular um drills or exercises you do to to teach people that yeah one would be to like with all the smart watches we have you can monitor your cadence mm-hmm. so for the average person say you're starting running you're running a six minute kilometer yeah uh, it, it, it probably should be running more than 170 steps per minute. That's that's an easy way. Um, in in terms of drills, you uh, that's why I like strength training and plyometrics. Just skipping and hopping, uh, and the classic drills you have to get a running coach to show you are like the A's and B's and C's. That I don't know if you if you ever do those, but the, I'm familiar with those. Yeah, yeah, I teach a lot of people do that. That's part of the warm up. So okay. warm up we have them do is A's and B's and C's and then some skipping and this feeling like you're just popping off the ground and driving from your hips and um, the it's sort of kind of hard to ex- explain. Just yeah, well, I'll, um, I'll make sure I, I put a few links to some videos or maybe you've got some good uh, videos that we can uh, I can throw up on the blog post with this podcast. Oh, yeah, there's a ton. If you just have people Google A's and B's and C's and all of those we kind of make it more complicated than it needs to be but uh, skipping it is the idea that and this is the idea where we want to sometimes be a little stiffer in our calves than looser which surprises a lot of people but yeah. it's that uh, more quicker runners have stiffer calves yeah <laughs> that's good um now i want to talk a little bit too about um pain um good yeah <laughs> and i know that you you like talking about pain I, you know i follow you on twitter um uh, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, I guess it's probably, and I'm guessing I've been running for a long time, but so I haven't been a new runner for a long time, but new runners often can get discouraged um, because um, of pain, you know, whether it's the, an injury coming on or just simply the the, the loading of the muscles and joints, uh, something they haven't done in a while. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the difference between, I guess, you know, good pain and, and, and pain to do with exercise and then pain that may be an indication of, of an injury coming on and, and how people can better d- decipher their pain? Yeah, it, it, that's a great question and it's something we work on. It's, you know, 
it's it's tough. I mean, because you're going to be sore if if you're a new runner. You're going to press on like the inside of your leg bones, and there's going to be muscles in there, and those will be sore for sure. Um, especially maybe if 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 you're just a, a little bit overweight and you're you're learning how to run, uh, you're going to be sore. You know, the day after, you can you can feel it all over. If you go from running four kilometers to running eight. You know, once you get over seven and it's so much more than you're used to, you're going to be sore during your run and you'll you'll feel it all over. So that type of soreness is, is normal. You know, you're allowed that sort of two, three, four out of ten of achiness. If you start running and it gets worse during a run and it doesn't go away with like stopping running and resting for a bit, I mean, that's a that's a problem. That's sort of like that bad pain where you have mm-hmm. to do, and it feels different. You know, it's just a lot more than three, four out of ten. Um, where you want to be most concerned with with uh, starting running is if you press on a bone and it's like a very, very local, sharp, small point that's really sore. It starts to get sore during your run, and then it's again, it stays sore throughout the run, and you. You can feel it later. Um, th- those are, are are big ones to watch. And you know, the little aches and pains. You shouldn't really be feeling them too much at rest after you've been running for a for a, a few weeks. Um, I mean, it's normal to be sore when you're going downstairs, but the big one is that bony tenderness because uh, that could be a stress fracture that you want to get get uh, checked out for sure. Okay. Um, and what are any any tips that you have to? help uh alleviate some of the the soreness just from the the training and increase the loads on the on the body um not after it's been done i mean that that i think all my colleagues would get mad at me right because we all think we can help people recover but it's there's no magic cure like Mm -hmm. uh, there's no lotions massages things like that they can help little aches and pains but they don't really facilitate any healing um, uh, uh, there's no ointments, baths, those things don't really matter. They just sort of mask it a bit. I mean, it's the best thing is smart training and that's slowly, slowly building up and listening to your body. And when you need a rest day, it's okay to take one or just run half of what you were normally going to do. I mean, that, that, that's the only way to recover well. And then in general, you just need to be healthy all over. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't. I don't just mean like what you're eating. I mean your your, your sleep. Um, you need to be emotionally healthy. All of these things of just like this whole human uh, being needs to be as good as it can be. Because a lot of pain is it can manifest uh, due to other factors too. Often people's back goes out. You know when they you know having a stressful time at work or maybe it's the anniversary of something they're they're grieving. So yeah. You have to be cognizant of all those things as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, what are the most common injuries you see uh, for new runners uh, when they coming into your clinic? Is the in- inside of the shins for the new runners? That's the. It's like the calf is the thing that everyone gets, and the was. But it's not the calf. It just feels like it's the calf. Uh, what happens when you start running? That's different than everything else. Is your bone bends on on the inside. Okay, uh, it goes into a bit of a tension. It, it bends inwards, and your bone is like, "What the hell are you doing?" And it it takes a long time to adapt. I mean, you know, fractures take six weeks to a year to really grow. And so when you're 
when you're running, you're, you're, you're building new bone. First, you're breaking it down, which happens all the time. And then you're, you're, you're building it back up and, and you'll get sensitized. So that's the big one. That's why you really need to go slow. And it's also normal to have that type of pain for a while. Okay. So as you say, it's, it's normal for that, but just smart training going, building up gradually is, um, is the way to go and help potentially just, um, avoid that or minimize uh, that that pain oh and build up gradually and don't follow a program that everyone else follows if you don't feel it's right for you yeah uh, those programs are all based on averages and they're trial and error and they don't they don't work for everyone when i started running uh i really eased into i couldn't even do the the running room pr- uh program it was too aggressive for me well i made the mistake i was doing three and ones and two and ones and I was relatively fit cardiovascular wise, but my body wasn't ready or my connective tissue wasn't ready for it. So that's the problem too. Runners are going to start feeling better six to eight weeks into a program and they're going to want to run harder because their heart and lungs can handle it and they got to hold themselves back a bit as well. Yeah. As, as I was saying, um, I, when I was training for my first marathon a few years ago, um, I was, I mean, kind of in the same boat. I, you know, I'd always ran and not to that distance, but, you know, was always fit, played a lot of sports and, um, yeah, my cardio was felt great, but I just took a random program off runner's world and said, oh, I'll just follow this. And, <laughs> you know, uh, I think three weeks into the program, as I ramped up the, the kilometers, um, there I was in the physio clinic with both plantar fasciitis and, um, iliotibial band syndrome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, no, so uh, true. Yeah. So again, I was just like, I did too much too soon. So it doesn't yeah, for you at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's great. So, um, just before we wind up here, um, is there any other sort of general type, uh, advice you would have for anyone, you know, say a friend comes up to you and says, Greg, Hey, listen, I, I played a bit of sports, you know, when I was younger and then I, I want to lose a few pounds. I want to start running, you know, what any sort of just general tips from a, maybe a motivational standpoint or, or other areas that you would give your, uh, your friend? Uh, yeah, don't, don't really get into doing any workouts initially. Just get, get out and run and get time on your, on your feet. Like we try to force it. I think that's the big thing and find groups. That's the best thing and get a watch or a track and track your stuff and be really narcissistic <laughs> yeah that seems to help a lot of people um know that it's supposed to hurt that's the the big things and don't don't put too many expectations on yourself that's what i've found that helps the early runners and it's like it's like smoking you know uh, you're gonna accept the opposite uh <laughs> instead of not being able to quit and starting again uh you're gonna start and then you're gonna stop and miss it for a few weeks and you have to keep trying and then it finally sticks that's the big one so many runners start and stop and start and stop yeah but i think you're you're totally right though um there is a point there you know once you start and stopped a few times where you keep going enough then all of a sudden it sort of becomes a habit and then when you don't run you actually really miss it and you you really need it um you know obviously there's a balance in there i think some people are obsessed a little too much but um yeah it becomes oh, and I, I, so, sorry i would I don't, I don't want to forget i would say uh you're not supposed to like every run <laughs> that's the <laughs> yeah. thing it's okay to have like weeks where it's not like all sunshine and you're running beside butterflies it's supposed to suck a lot 
Yeah, but you know, you you'll have runs where the whole thing isn't that good, or it's really hard the first fifteen minutes. You can't judge any run on the first ten to fifteen minutes. You know, just get get out the door if the if it's the worst day ever. Still, just try to go run fifteen minutes and then see how you feel after that. It's that consistency is the best for fitness. Yeah, once you get out the door, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. You could think it's going to be a bad run, and then, and it is for as you say, fifteen twenty minutes. But then all of a sudden things change, and you you feel fantastic. And then you have other runs too, where you feel great, and then all of a sudden you're just done and you need to shut her down early. That's happened to me as well. I end up, you know, <laughs> looking yeah. for a subway token going, I got, I'm taking the subway home here. No, I've done that. Yeah. So, okay. Listen, well, thanks very much for your time and expertise, Greg. And, um, I'll make sure, uh, well, where can people find you uh, online and some of your work uh, and follow up you're up to? So my uh, two websites, one's the body and that's more sport. And the other one, pain physiotherapy, which is, more pain. And then uh, I'm at two clinics in towns, the, the Urban Athlete and uh, MedCan in, in Toronto, of course. Perfect. Well, I'll make and then sure. Twitter and all those things. Yeah, I'll, I'll link to, to all those uh, um, links for your clinics and your sites and, uh, and your Twitter and, and all that stuff. So uh, anyways, uh, thanks very much, Greg. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Healthy Nomics Podcast at www.healthynomics.com. 